guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks, guys. Now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. This is your host, Melissa, and we're back for another episode of our Everyday Woman segment, where we feature real women with really inspirational life stories. But before I introduce you to our next guest, I wanted to remind you guys that we have a monthly podcast newsletter, which honestly is literally my favorite thing on earth. Other than the podcast, I think my newsletter is like part two of the most passionate things that I have in my life right now. So if you're not subscribed, I highly suggest you head over to my website, www.mimosasisterhood.com, and you can submit your email to subscribe to the newsletter. It's really more of like an online magazine, I think. Um, About half of it is podcast related with a little bit of like news and updates about the show. But then the other half has a lot of other really fun stuff. I like write up little articles about women's health, women's news. I do some really like quirky, fun female facts that people might not know of. Um, I feature my favorite female artist of the month and will include some of her art in the uh, the newsletter. And then I will also do my favorite new moon manifestations. So every month, depending on what sign we're in, so this month was Libra, I wrote up a little manifestation guide for you guys to sort of operate through the coming month. So it's a lot of fun and it's only partially podcast related. So even if you don't really listen to the show that often, you should love the newsletter. So think about signing up for it. All right, now let's get into the juicy stuff. So everybody... Give a huge round of applause to our first international guest tuning in all the way from the UK. She is a queen among queens, Simi. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. I'm glad we could finally do it. I know. I'm super excited to have you. And I honestly have never told you this, but I think it's worth telling you now that this is really... Like, this segment, this Everyday Woman segment, literally exists because of you. Oh my god, really? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes, and I'll tell you why. So, for all of our listeners, we met via Instagram, just, like, casually, probably, like, stumbled upon each other through the World Wide Web, and she invited me in to a sister's community, which was like this online platform with a bunch of really, really awesome women that are all over the freaking globe. Like I'm talking from the UK to Canada to India, a few people in the United States. And 
everybody has some type of like really cool thing that's going on for them. Like mine's obviously my podcast. A few of the women have like a lot of really inspirational platforms that they're running. There's a couple business savvy people and like everybody's just together cheering each other on and it's literally the coolest thing on planet earth and she invited (laughs) me into it, which makes her my idol, my queen, the person that has helped inspire me further than I could ever have gone and because of all the women that I've met in this community that is what inspired me to launch this new segment which wouldn't have existed if you didn't invite me into that oh my god oh my god that's so nice I had no idea bless you thank you I I completely forgot that I actually got in touch with you and told you to join the group like that's it was so long ago now that it's completely slipped my mind but it is such an amazing group I do love it and I always actually I've always thought that we need to do more on everyday women because we talk a lot about celebrities and you have people doing podcasts and interviewing celebrities and talking about kind of what celebrities have done and what they think and sharing their like words of wisdom but we never do everyday women and it's everyday women who are also just working their butts off constantly and working so hard but don't get recognized for it so I just absolutely love what you're doing here I think it's amazing and I'm so excited to be a part of it Woo! Well, thank you so much for joining. I cannot wait to have you on and to tell your story because it is an inspirational one for sure, and I can't wait to get into it. But before we start, we're both having some alcoholic beverages, and I would love to know what you're sipping on over there. (laughs) So I'm having a vodka tonic, um, but I don't have any ice, so it's kind of (laughs) lukewarm. (laughs) So it's not great. And I don't think you should drink your vodka tonic that way. Um, But I, I do love wine. I just recently found out though that I cannot have wine because I'm intolerant to brewer's yeast, which is in beer and in most wines. So it's really, really, really sad for me because I am obsessed with wine like obsessed all wine oh as well oh my god that's such a disappointment so it's just hard liquor for me <laughs> hey that's not like I mean it could be worse it could they could have been like you can't drink wa- any alcohol ever again and yeah, then we'd true. be really upset um so is this your drink of choice vodka is literally my drink of choice in carbs and actually I think it's only vodka because I can't I don't really like gin. Whiskey's okay, but otherwise it would be wine. So wine would be my drink if I want to get shit-faced really quickly. And <laughs> vodka is like my drink of, I want to get shit-faced, but I want to pace myself, but I will nice. get to a good level eventually. So that that's my drinking. <laughs> that's interesting. I feel like I'm the other way around. I'm like, let's coast it with a couple glasses of vino, and then once we're ready to turn shit up, it's hard alcohol. I feel like wine just gets me completely like two glasses of wine and I'll be talking to a wall or I'll be flirting with a chair. Like I'm crazy on <laughs> oh wine. Oh my God. That's yeah. hysterical. It also <laughs> sounds like a really good time. Um, well, I am in drinking a white claw today, which normally I don't drink on the podcast, but it's 12 o'clock here. <laughs> yeah. I was so- going to say it's, it's, it's actually, it's the evening for me. So hardly okay. It's yes. the afternoon for you. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know, I still have, like, an entire workday I need to get through, so yeah. I'm going to coast with just, like, a little seltzer White Claw, a grapefruit flavor. We're going to keep it mellow. I'll keep it down to one claw for the episode. Um, but these are my favorite. Do you guys drink these? No, there? so what is that? Is that cider or... 
Oh my god, do you not know what this is? I have no, like, literally Okay, no so Americans basically hook up an IV and flow White Claw through their bloodstream. Like, this is not oh. even a joke. It's basically, like, it's a, it's a seltzer water, but they've added alcohol into it, and then just, like, a little tiny touch of, like, a flavor. So to me, like, my drink of choice is vodka soda with, like, a little cranberry, and this yeah. is basically that, but in a can what what's the what's the alcohol though it's five percent alcohol so it'd be like equivalent of like having a beer or like one drink Uh, like i think even wine's probably around five percent a glass um but they call it a spiked sparkling water with a hint of ruby grapefruit and we have these in cases in my refrigerator weekly my boyfriend and I drink these every single day. <laughs> oh my god, I've like literally never heard of it, but that just might that might be just because it's just me and I've never heard of it and all my other UK friends have and I'm just insane. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well we're going to have to look into this because I'm going to need you to try some white claw and let me know what you think because I think you could probably drink these. They don't they're like gluten-free. They don't have anything in them. They're like very very oh, okay. simple, like very minimal ingredient. So this might become your new obsession. Well, so this is going to make me sound like an alcoholic. So I apologize in advance, but I hate anything that's super low in percentage in alcohol <laughs> because because I have a really weak bladder and I need to go to the loo constantly when I drink. So I'd rather drink, <laughs> I'd rather drink something strong. <laughs> so I get the benefits of getting boozy and pissed quickly without having to go to the loo constantly. That's why I don't like beer. Makes sense. Yeah. It totally Logic. makes So yeah, this actually might make you have to pee a lot. So yeah. but at least try one and then go from there and see see how you feel. Yeah, a little taster. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. So you are the creator of the Instagram page Letter for Her, and that's how you and I connected. Um so tell our listeners about your platform, what it's all about, what kind of things you post and like how you got into it yeah sure so um I actually started letter for her it was early this year it was around January and I've always been into women empowerment into diversity and inclusion into things like meditation mindfulness yoga and I always had like it's really weird I had this urge that I wanted to do something I wanted to do something positive and put it out in the world but I had no idea what and I had this urge for years and I'll just be like, I need to do something. I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know how I want to do it. And it was like eating away at me that I want to do something. And then literally one day in January, it is, it's going to sound silly, but I was watching um, some videos on Instagram and Selena Gomez popped up and she gave a talk. Uh, I think it was Wee Day. And it was so inspirational. She kind of just stood up there and she was like, hey guys, you know, I'm not an expert on anything. I don't know stuff about like this area or I'm not an expert on this area, but I'm going to share with you guys how I've experienced life and what I've learned. And hopefully it resonates with you. If it does, it's great. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but I'm going to give you my point of view. And that like so badly resonated with me because I have this thing in my mind. And I think a lot of women do now, if you're not an expert on an area, you need to become an expert before you can then speak about it or teach people about it. And I mean, nowadays, yeah, maybe like 
20, 30 years ago. But nowadays with social media, everyone's just getting on there, putting content out there and kind of sharing their hobby. So she said that. And I was like, wow, that's so honest, so vulnerable, so brave. You know what? F it. I'm just going to do it. So all of a sudden, then it started to come to me. I think I think what I needed was that inspiration. And then it started to come to me. I was like, right, I'm going to do a page. I'm going to start a letter for her. Came up with the name. And I've gone from, it's quite funny, actually, because you were talking about everyday women. My original plan with letter for her was to basically go around getting stories from everyday women and putting their picture up and then sharing their story. And I was going to do it. I was all set to do it. And then I realized, hold on, I'm a freaking introvert. I'm so shy. Like, how the fuck am I going to go up to people on the streets and be like, hey, can you kind of like Humans of New York? I don't know if you've heard of that, but I was going to do that. basically. It's really great. It's on, I think it's on Facebook and it's a really great, great page. And this guy goes around New York, takes pictures of people and then posts like their stories. And it's really, really interesting and fascinating. But yeah, I'm a fucking introvert. I'm not going to do that. So I chickened out and I then started writing um, just kind of my learnings and things I was learning in life because I read a lot of self-help books and self-growth books. And so I started putting that out there and I love writing as well. It's one of my passions. And that, and it went great. I was loving it. And then I was like, okay, I'll get quotes from other women instead. So I started getting quotes. That was going really well. And it kind of shot off um, and it was doing really well. But then my friends started saying to me, oh, you should do your makeup stuff too, because makeup is my passion as well. And beauty is my passion. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not a makeup expert like I'm not a makeup artist and I have no qualifications again that voice in my head yeah. which is in most women's heads being like you need to be an expert and I just thought one day you know what I'm just going to combine it so I combined beauty I combined my writing and I try to empower through beauty and makeup and try to just make women feel good about however they want to look and whatever they want to do with their beauty it, they don't have to wear loads of makeup if they don't want to they can if they want to like it's completely up to them and I try to address really strong messages through makeup and beauty as well through my page and then I also try to empower through my writing so yeah that's letter for her that is so cool when I think when I first started following you you your page was mainly just quotes um but then once you incorporated the makeup we got to like see you and like kind of get to know you more than just like written text on a graphic and I think that like people like to get to know the person behind the page or the person behind the thought or the creation and once you put a face to a name or a, a social page then you know everyone can actually really connect with the human not just the content and so I think that's was a really smart idea that you did and I had no idea what you looked like until you started posting your makeup (laughs) photos (laughs) do you know what it's so funny you say that actually because so many people like would message me when I was doing just the writing and it's quite it's actually quite creepy because people would be like hey what do you look like though like who are you (laughs) where are you you from and I was like oh my god why are these people asking me these questions but I get it because you know, if I'm going to be giving people advice, they want to see who I am, right? I could be like some seven-year-old giving them advice they don't know. And I completely understand it. And it makes it easier to then connect with people 
over social media as well. I mean, I do the same thing when I'm following other people. If I don't see them enough, I'm a bit like, oh, okay, uh, I don't really know who you are. I don't know what's going on. I kind of disengage from the page. So I, I totally understand, even though sometimes it can come across a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. So I know that like a large theme of the content that you write on your page is definitely centered around like women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have more recently made an effort to like start revealing a lot of really personal things about yourself in terms of your empowerment for yourself. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about that and just see, you know, like, you know, what sparked this interest in sort of sharing with the world your struggle in, you know, getting to a place of self-love and getting to a place of feeling empowered and like how you were sort of inspired to kind of push that into the lives of other women through your platform. Yeah, so I think, do you know, that's a really good question, actually, because it's kind of happened really naturally. As I've been running the page, I've just been thinking, okay, what shall I post? And, you know, occasionally I'll post like, Um, a seasonal makeup look and it's great and I'm like I feel really good about it but I just don't feel like it's enough like I want to hit people with a powerful message behind it Um, I just I don't want to be putting stuff on social media that no one's gonna really benefit from so I think what it is is I've basically started to just think right what do I need to do to put a powerful message out there and again I'm not an expert in any area. I feel the best way to do it is to really just share my experiences and my personal journey and what I've been through. And I know that when you when you hear other people's journeys, when you listen to other people's personal stories, it can resonate with someone. And again, like we were saying, with putting yourself on social media, putting your face out there, you start to really learn about the person, but you engage and you listen. And it can make people feel like, right, I'm not the only one who's been through this and I'm not the only one who's felt like this, for example. I'm not the only one who's felt crap for, you know, my recent post was about wearing makeup and people telling me that I wear too much makeup and I've had people message me being like, I'm so glad you put this post out there because I've had the same issue where I don't wear makeup, people tell me, you look really ill and then I wear makeup and people tell me, oh, you wear too much makeup, like who are you getting dressed up for, right? So I just find that putting yourself out there and really sharing like your personal story, it helps other people, it resonates with people more. So so that's basically why I've started doing it. And as I've been doing it, I found that it's actually helping me too. I feel like I'm sharing things that I haven't been able to talk to people about. I haven't really sat down properly and had conversations with people about this, except for, you know, when you chat with the girls and you have a deep, we call them DMCs, deep, meaningful conversations. Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) When you have DMCs with your friends and um, you literally, I mean, this was like back in the day, we used to say it 10 years ago, so I'm probably showing my age, Um, but it's essentially just having those deep, meaningful conversations with people, it helps. But when you put it out there for the world to see and for your followers to see and then they resonate with it, there's something more empowering and powerful behind it. So I'm finding it's actually helping me just get it off my chest and share it with the world. Yeah, and I think also it shows like a huge sign of vulnerability, which is very scary for people. Like it takes a lot of courage sometimes to show 
like sides of yourself that you've been insecure about or, you know, felt shitty about. And so when somebody does put that stuff out there, it kind of sends a message to all of the people who have experienced those same like areas of shame that like, hey, if this girl can, you know, put this out into the world and feel prideful about it, like why can't I? And so if anything, you can you in a sense end up being this representation of like strength and you know, um, I guess, I mean, I don't, I I don't want to say bravery because I feel like we shouldn't feel brave to like, hey, I'm not wearing makeup today. Like that isn't a brave thing. That's like a fucking social construct that was created to make us feel shameful. So it's not brave to like, you know, go against that grain, but you're kind of showing everybody else like, fuck that system. We don't need to abide by it. So like, I'm not going to and watch me watch me rebel sort of and it kind of like tells sends that message to other women who have felt shameful in those areas that like hey i can rebel too because this is bullshit (laughs) yeah let us just be us you know no exactly exactly and and you know it's i think also it helps change that message of like putting your insecurities out there is actually it's a powerful thing it's not a weakness to talk about your insecurities a lot of people don't do it because it's difficult to do because you're showing your vulnerability and people can potentially attack you if you put your insecurities out there but in fact because it's so difficult to do it it's the opposite it's it's empowering and you're showing people look hey I'm not perfect you know like a lot of people show themselves on social media that they are but if you show yourself that you're not you're showing the real you and you're saying I'm not perfect I am who I am and I'm learning to grow and I'm adapting constantly every day which is what we're all trying to do to be honest and and Mm -hmm. that's okay and if you show that to people like you said other people will feel like right okay you know I don't need to be this like perfect version of myself because so and so on Instagram has this perfect body or this perfect butt for example with no cellulite which is just not true right we have cellulite and yeah, I just think it's it's a super, super empowering thing to do, and I'm all for it when people are doing it on social media as well. Hell yeah. And so I know that you've also um, been very open and honest online about, like, some of the negative experiences you've gone through as a woman in society, which, let's be real, all of us have. Like, if you're a woman that scathed through this world without any issues from anybody, like... I want to meet you. (laughs) You're not real. Like, you've been sent down, and you're a Holy Spirit, and, like, nothing can harm you. Um, But, I mean, you had a specific post that, like, I'm not gonna lie, was awesome like I'm trying to like find a better word than awesome and like I think that just explained it like I'm speechless like I actually can't even find something that properly would represent what you've done in this post but I mean it's definitely something that women around the world experience all women around the world and that you know we kind of grow up in this society where women experience being objectified um really by just the world it's not even so specific to just men um it's the media it's magazines it's models it's it's everything but i mean i think a lot of women have experienced that in person 
harassment from their male peers, whether it starts in grade school or in college or when you're out at a a bar with your friends and, you know, you brought to light a lot of really, really serious issues and it's, it was wild. And, you know, it was kind of like, I think it sparked a lot of thoughts and conversations around like, shit, like, I've gone through this. Fuck, I've been through this. Like, and then it kind of sparks all these other stories of like, hey, I totally rate to, relate to you. This happened to me when I was this year's old, and this is what went down. And it's fucked up. And so I guess I was just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and like, you know, what your thoughts are on like having this empowering platform and sort of speaking to those women about those topics of being objectified. Yeah, definitely. So actually, let me tell you that post, I mean, I had the idea to do that post for a while. And I was like, right, it's a good idea. I'm going to do it. But I talked myself out of it so much again, because I'm, you know, sharing my vulnerability right there on social media. And a lot of people who are close to me don't know that some of that stuff has happened to me. So I just kept talking myself out of it day by day, week by week. And then when I was about to post it as well, I was so, so, so anxious. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I should do this. And oh, what are people going to think? And, you know, what if people think I'm being dramatic? And then I was like, hold up. I've been groped, right? Like so many times, I can't even tell you. Why the hell am I getting anxious about telling people that I've been groped? Like what the fuck kind of thinking is that, right? So then I was like, I'm just going to do it. And if people have anything to say about it, then I will tackle that conversation when it comes to it. But fortunately, people were so nice. People were really supportive. And people actually gave the post a lot of love. And unfortunately, a lot of people felt like it resonated with them and that they had been through the same thing. And yeah, I mean... Obviously, that's not a nice thing, but the support behind it was really, really good. But in terms of like just being a woman and going through all of that, it's it's been a weird one for me. So I have always just ignored it all my life. And it's not until like the last two years I've started to really think about it and think about how it's impacted me I've essentially like gone through this stuff of like being groped being coerced being you know followed home or like catcalled or whatever it is and I've just ignored it because I thought well it happens and that's just how guys are and then I ended up repressing it because it was happening so much and one day I was watching, I don't know if you've seen 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't even the first time I watched it. I watched it a second time with my mom. And a lot of the scenes in there, they're really graphic. And it started to like bring up memories for me of stuff that's happened. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? And then I started to get really emotional about it. And I was experiencing a lot of anxiety as well. And yeah, it was just, it was really awful. And I had a chat with my boyfriend about it. I had a chat with my best friend about it and they were all really supportive. And I felt like that helped with the anxiety, but then I wanted to essentially do something. I want it's like I wanted to just go out and scream it to the world that you know what? This is so wrong what I've been through and people need to know and I need to tell other women who've been through it that it's okay. You can get through it. And we can all get through it together. But at the same time, we need to change this freaking attitude of 
you know, boys will be boys and groping will just happen and that it's a normal thing to do. So then that kind of all spiraled in to what I've been doing on my on my page of like posting about the coercion, posting about the groping and everything. And I'm just trying to basically vocalize it a bit more. But yeah, it is it's just completely, completely messed up. Totally. You know, it's funny because I think of myself as like, I'm not like a sweet hearted person. (laughs) Like I can be like a raging bitch. I can be really cold hearted. Like I rarely keep my mouth closed. I speak up. I call people out. I'm blunt. Like I think I have more of like an aggressive personality type. Um, But the first time I was ever groped by a man, I was leaving a bar and um, I was probably in my early 20s. And I was, like, walking out of a bar, and a guy, like, as I passed by him, he, like, slapped me on the ass. Mm. (laughs) And I was with a girlfriend, and he was standing there with, like, a bunch of his friends, and I turned around, and I was honestly in, like, such a state of shock that I, for the first time in my life, didn't even know how to react. Because I think, like, the emotions that were kind of spilling over me were so overwhelming that I couldn't even, like, I didn't even feel like I was alive in that moment. I was, like, it was almost a dreamlike experience where I was, like, having to second guess, is this a dream? Am I here right now? Did what happened really happen? Is there, like, all these thoughts go through your head. Am I mistaking what just happened? Or was that an accident? And then, like, how do I respond? Like, am I unsafe right now? Could I be putting myself and my friends in harm's way if I were to react? Like, all these things within 20 seconds flood through your brain, and I did nothing. I think I was just like, fuck you, and then I walked away. Where, like, that isn't really on board with the type of person that I am. Like, I have literally punched dudes in the face before, And so that was the first time in my life I was speechless and sort of stopped in my tracks. And I think I was so mortified by what had happened that I couldn't even react in a way that was natural to who I am. And I like bowed down and left. And like, I felt so much shame about that later. Like, once I got home, like thinking back, like, why didn't I do anything? Like, what was wrong with me? How, how in that moment did I not fucking get him back? Like, And, you know, it's like, great, so this dude got to slap me across the ass and giggle about it with his friends, had no shame, we're in a total public place multiple people saw, and here I am spending the whole evening crying about it and feeling like a worthless piece of shit because I didn't defend myself. Yeah, It's just like, it's the most twisted concept, you know? He probably went home and kept drinking beers with the bros, never thought about it again, and now I'm like 12 years later into my life and that memory has yet to escape me. Yeah, it's like you went through something traumatic and then you're beating yourself up about it afterwards for the way you reacted to it, which is just so not, like, it's not the way we should think, but it's how we end up thinking about it and actually you just saying that has made me realize that because I am the opposite so if something happens to me I'm not as abrasive and I kind of go into my shell I'm I'm really quiet and I try to process it and then later I'll be like oh why didn't I say this or why didn't I punch that guy or you know why didn't I like put him in his place for doing that and because I've been like groped and coerced and whatever and oppressed 
throughout so many years and not said anything I think now I've got to the point of where I'm just like so angry at myself that I just want to scream and that's probably why I had the urge to just go running out and scream to the world that look this has happened to me and it's not okay but it's insane that we we then beat ourselves up about the way we react after we've been through something like I think the first time I was ever ever groped was when I was like 14 um and I'm, I think we were talking about it in the comments on my Instagram mm-hmm. page but I was 14 and I was at the Trevi Fountain in Rome and I was literally standing there with I was like a couple of feet away from my um my mom and my auntie and my cousin and was throwing stuff into the Trevi Fountain like coins making a wish and I just feel like this finger go up my bum <gasps> and I had never been t- like I had never been touched. I hadn't hadn't even been kissed. Like, nobody had touched me like that. And I went into just shock. And I was like, what is going on? And then I turned to look around. And on my right, this, like, middle-aged man is standing there smiling at me. So after he does this disgusting thing, he has a nerve to stand next to me and smile. And I was like, looked at him, freaked out. And then I ran towards my mum and my auntie. And... I just panicked. I then went into my shell, couldn't say anything, couldn't speak, completely ruined my holiday because then after that, all I kept thinking about was that it happened and maybe I shouldn't have worn a dress and it wouldn't have happened if I was wearing like sweats or jeans or something. So I was beating myself up about it essentially and this is going to sound crazy and maybe it's because I know we're going to talk about it about me being an empath and a highly sensitive person but I could feel the place where he had touched me like it it felt like it was still there his hand for like two days and I just couldn't shake the feeling oh it was it felt disgusting and that happened that shocked me and then years later once I started clubbing you know I went to my first club at 18 um it was just constantly happening like every night out I was being groped I my first club I went to that night, I can't even tell you how many times I got groped. Like, I walked from the bar to the toilet, and it was like, I think, probably like 10 feet, right? Every step I took, I got groped by somebody. But I got so used to being groped that I would just, like, push the guys off. Just like, oh, get off me, get off me, like, get away from me. Because I was trying to find my friends. I lost my friends, and I was just pushing people away from me. And I just wasn't then thinking about it when I'd get home. I'd kind of just ignore that it would happen. Mm and go out again and be like I'm gonna have fun with my girls get groped again ignore it again and it just kept happening and I just repressed it and repressed it and now here we are well I mean even you know the fact that the first time you experienced something like that you said you were 14 I know I've shared a story with you that I was I don't remember the exact age that I was but I know it was the day that I got my period (laughs) for like the first time in my life So I had to have been pretty young, maybe anywhere from 12 to 13. I honestly couldn't, I don't remember. But I wonder, like, how, like, how young are girls when they start experiencing this kind of stuff? Because if I was somewhere between 12 to 13, you were 14. I mean, these are ages before we're even, like, developing as women, before we're even understanding our own bodies, before we're even having our own experiences with sexuality, getting to know how our bodies work, like growing up, developing, like these things are happening before that's even happening for us. So, 
I mean, in general, that should be a message to the world that, like, this isn't normal. Exactly. (laughs) And, like, the shit that you guys are putting on women at young ages when they're not even women yet, it fucks them up for life. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot about... So I did um, clinical criminology as my master's, and we had to, like, read about some messed up case studies and... There was a lot of just kind of violence against women and a lot of the time men do this stuff as like a power play to basically show women that we're better than you and we have power over you and it's just intimidation tactics most of the time or you know just to show that they have the one up on women which I think is it completely links in with the misogyny that we experience in society the patriarchal society we live in like there's still a long way to go in terms of change and I do think like specifically with so I'm Indian and I'm you know have grown up in the South Asian community and it's within the culture this deep-rooted misogyny and I think that that misogyny and that kind of patriarchy that's within the culture is directly linked to what I've experienced as an Indian woman in clubs and you know being groped and being coerced and everything and it I mean I'm going to caveat it just in case people get really really mad at me but you know when I'm talking about South Asian men I'm not talking about all South Asian men in the world you know just some and this is just my personal experience and also my friend's personal experience and you know people I've spoken to who are also Indian um, but we all have this shared view that most of what's happened to us it has come from South Asian men and all of the groping that's happened has 98% been for me from South Asian men, right? So, you know, it's then hard not to make that link to the culture and the misogyny and what we've, ex- well, what I've experienced, what my friends have experienced on a kind of regular basis so there needs to be I mean there's some amazing stuff that's come from the culture and I'm very like spiritually inclined for example I'm really into mindfulness meditation yoga and that's all come from my culture but there's some like crazy issues there that need to be sorted out and need to be addressed and this whole thing about the culture teaching men that they're better than women when they're born essentially I think is having that direct impact on what women in India or, you know, girls like me in London who are Indian are experiencing. And it it needs to change, like, ASAP. It, needs, it needed to change, like, ASAP je- je- decades ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I guess, like, I, and I wouldn't call this a silver lining, but if we had to find some type of, you know, hint that we are shifting to a better place, it's the fact that women are much more vocal about their experiences. Mm. They're much more honest and open about, you know, admitting some of the things they've gone through, even things they're horribly shameful about, things they've been holding deep within the roots of their souls as secrets for years. Um, people feel now much more 
supported if they do come out and sort of speak their truth. Obviously, there is a large group of people who hate the women that do that kind of stuff. And um, I know that there has been a lot of controversy on the Me Too movement in that it's like sort of sparked this witch hunt in terms of, you know, every woman now has a story that she's coming out and every woman's using this to sort of like get back at the men or whatever. But in reality, as I stated maybe 10 minutes ago, I don't know a single woman on earth that hasn't been personally objectified or victimized by a man (laughs) and yeah i don't know how many men can say the exact same thing about the other gender in terms of their life experiences exactly like i i feel unsafe for walking outside like i cannot go for a run and feel comfortable without looking over my shoulder like 50 times essentially because I think someone's going to come up to me or grab me or someone's going to come up to me and they might rape me or kidnap me or whatever it is like I I now have this fear of walking on the street and I usually get public transport I'll get like the train or the bus or whatever to avoid walking and I'll only walk at certain times of the day Or if I go for a run, I'll only go at certain times where I know people are going to be outside and it's going to be busy. But now that's kind of completely contradicted by coronavirus because we're trying to go outside when people are not outside. Um, But, I mean, that's not okay. Like, I should not feel that way. I shouldn't feel unsafe for going for a walk around my hometown. Like, that's insane. How is that okay for women to feel like that and I know a lot of my friends feel like that too in the area that I live in as well so yeah it's just it's completely messed up and the fact that people who are speaking against the Me Too movement are saying that so many women are you know now piping up and they all have a story to tell again that's just evidence of misogyny and patriarchy again just trying to put women down and stop them from speaking the reason so many women are speaking up and have a story to tell and it sounds like everyone saying something is because we've hidden it for so long because we've repressed it for so long and now we want to freaking speak about it because we feel like we can so how can you how can you shoot people down for doing that I just it's it's crazy it's crazy to me I don't understand yeah it is totally crazy um and I mean I don't if anything you know I think it's a message that needed to have been sent um yeah saying, you know, hey, women are starting to own up to the things that they've experienced, a lot of the negative things that they've experienced, and they're just fucking sick and tired of it. So it's wild to me. Um, I've heard even, you know, women that are against the Me Too movement, which I just find mind-boggling. But, you know... So this is another thing, actually. I I think this is an issue in South Asian culture, too. I mean, it's an issue all around, to be honest, but I've seen it in, like, the South Asian community as well, where because the misogyny is so ingrained in just everyone from birth, like, for example, we have this tradition called Lori, and essentially what it is is when a boy is born into the family the parents will go around to other people's houses giving sweets, celebrating that a boy's been born. 
when a girl's born, they don't do lori. They don't do that same celebration. So literally from birth, you're telling your daughter and your son that your son is better because he has a penis and your daughter is nothing because she has a vagina. Like it's it's actually so ludicrous to me. And I mean, bless my family. They're completely not like that. And they celebrated my birth, my niece's birth and as well as my cousins who were all boys, you know, it was all equal. But it still, like, heavily goes on in the community. And so if you've got things like that or attitudes like that or, you know, you're communicating that way to kids, like, as soon as they come out of the womb, then you're going to have women as well who are going to say things and not realise they're being misogynistic and they're actually holding up the patriarchy with the comments they're making. I think there needs to be... I mean, it's happening as well, but there needs to be like, massive educating on just feminism and what it is and misogyny and patriarchy because I don't think people completely understand it yet. And and it is happening. Like, you know, in India as well, a lot of millennials are speaking up against it. A lot of women are speaking up against it and men too. And just being like, you know, this is completely wrong and we need to change this. But like you said, we've got a, like, a long way to go and this should have happened decades ago. But... It, it's at least just moving at least there's progression even yeah. slow agreed oh man it's so heavy it's definitely a heavy topic um but i did want to sort of transition into something that you mentioned earlier that i personally would love to know a lot more about as well as my listeners i'm sure they're very interested but you mentioned that you are an empath and i personally don't know a lot around what it means to be an empath. I've definitely heard the term used um, a lot, especially in... I'm really huge into, like, the Zodiac and tarot. Oh, me too! <laughs> a lot of tarot card readers or, like, astrologers consider themselves to be empaths. Like, they have, like, yeah. a strong connection to something larger than what's happening, or the, or when they're doing readings with the person on the other side of the tarot cards, they can connect to them in a way that's more, in, you know, heightened than the everyday person. But I, ha my, like, I haven't personally really dove into this topic, so I'd love for you to just tell me more about it and, like, what, what sort of led you to come to this conclusion that you might be one? Yeah, so, so basically, an empath, I'll first, I'll first explain what it is. So an empath is essentially someone who can feel what other people are feeling and feel their emotions. And so a lot of empaths will say, and I, I completely agree with this, they absorb other people's emotions. So if you're hanging around with someone who is like super negative and super, you know, complaining all the time and in a negative state of mind, and, you know, they don't mean to be, but that's just how, that's what they're going through. You, an empath would absorb that because they feel so much empathy for that person that they sit with them, they talk to them, they listen, but they'll take on their energy because they can feel it so much and they'll get drained and they'll afterwards feel negative, feel irritable and just feel co like complete crap, basically. So, so that's what essentially an empath is and... I only found out about it like in the last couple of years. I can't even remember how. I think I was, I saw something on social media about empaths and then I started Googling about it. But I've always felt like there's something like, I'd always be like, there's something weird about me. 
I'm different, right? And I'm also a highly sensitive person. So you have HSPs and then empaths. And a HSP is somebody who basically is sensitive to all sensory output. So not just people's emotions. And for me, it's noise, like loud noises and bad smells. Like it's going to sound crazy, but a bad smell, like I can smell a like a scent from a mile off it's like I'm a dog it is insane (laughs) and my boyfriend like he will vouch for this he has said so many times like we'll be somewhere and I'll smell something and he's like I can't smell anything and then it will come to him like 10 minutes later and he's like how on earth did you smell that and I was just like I have no idea I have like a super strong nose but with that oh my god if I smell something bad it makes me feel so, like it physically affects me. Like I get tired, I feel nauseous, I feel like puking, I look grey, like my colour changes, I like can't function, I'll be in a bad mood, I'll be irritable, like he's seen it as well and I just get so crazy irritated. So, So that's basically a highly sensitive person and it's the same, it's not as bad with noise actually, I'm worse with smell, but with noise, if I hear like, a ticking like a constant ticking I can't go to sleep or if I hear even like the slightest sound I can't go to sleep or I can't focus I can't write I need to write in a quiet dead quiet room with a certain lighting and (laughs) like a good smell like it's it's weird right (laughs) and it's it's also like so being an empath is really good because you the strengths are that you get people right you understand people's emotions and you understand who they are and you can really be there for people you can help people and support them because you know if you've got 50 people in a room an empath will be able to pick out okay that person's feeling shit that person's you know feeling great without having to speak to them and you could go help the person who's feeling shit but obviously the bad stuff with it is you can take on the negative energy and you need to learn how to protect yourself and set some boundaries but a highly sensitive person what the hell am I going to do with a super powerful nose like what kind of superpower is that <laughs> like, I don't want to do anything it's so useless you know it though something just came to mind you could totally become one of those like uh wine sommeliers where like you you know how they like fl- like they, they oh you can't fucking drink wine damn it I yeah. forgot I was just gonna say. oh motherfucker <laughs> but you know how like when you do wine tasting they'll like taste it and they'll smell it and they'll be like I'm getting hints of deer in a forest and there's a yeah. little bit of autumn crisp like ch- burnt cherry like. <laughs> Oh, this ridiculous shit. Oh my god. Okay, well, I'm going to start brainstorming, like, fantastic career paths for people with great noses. Yeah, please tell me, because what the fuck do I do with this? Like, I, I, I just, I hate it. It's such a burden, I can't even tell you. And I feel like it's getting worse, actually, now that I've become aware of it. So, you know, I started researching about being an empath, and Um, I read a book about being a highly sensitive person and I had to take this like you take a test and if you get like you know I I think it was like 15 out of 24 and above you're uh, a highly sensitive person and I had something like fucking 21 and I was like well of course I do Um, but as I've like started to learn about it more and become more aware about it I feel like it's gotten worse like my my superpower has gotten stronger with smell and I just don't know how to deal with it so I can't give advice for being a highly sensitive person to anyone. I can for an empath, but 
if you suffer from, you know, bad, like getting annoyed with bad smells, just put on a candle. That's all I can say to you. But if anyone has advice for me, please let me know because I am struggling. (laughs) Well, what advice would you give to people that might think that they're empaths? Like based off of everything you just described, if somebody's like, holy shit, this sounds exactly like me. Like, what do I do next? Is there advice? Yeah. So I, I mean, it is, it's hard. Like I have been struggling with it all my life and only realized the last couple of years that I'm an empath so if you feel like you are definitely like research into it there's loads of resources online telling you you know what an empath is and what the qualities and traits are and everything but I think there's different stages so if you you have to be really really self-aware just really know who you are and what your triggers are and what annoys you and you know when you get annoyed you need to really like analyze why you've gotten annoyed but if you know you're an empath and you like say you go and speak to somebody and you have a conversation with them and afterwards you feel really shit like that happened to me recently actually I spoke to somebody I hadn't seen anyone um because of coronavirus in so long and then I spoke to someone and she's a great person and everything but for some reason her energy her vibe just left me really drained like I was really excited to see her and then she left I was with her for a few hours and I felt so shit like after that and I was like why do I feel so shit like I just don't get it. And so sitting there and really understanding why you're feeling the way you're feeling is like step one. That's really important. So be self-aware and analyze your emotions. Don't ignore them because I used to ignore them a lot and sit there, think about it. I did that and I realized, okay, what was different today? It was that I met someone, right? And have I in the past felt negative or, you know, gotten bad vibes after hanging out with her? Yes, I have. So I analyzed that, realized it was her. And then I thought, okay, what do I need to do to now get myself out of this negative state? And I decided to essentially do everything that makes me feel good. So I basically, I put on a candle. I definitely put on a candle because I was like, <laughs> I need to do that. Um, Febreze my room a bit. And then I, I actually have this like lavender scented oil, which I spray on my pillow most nights. So did that too to feel good. And then I... I watch TV with my mum every night. So that night I said to her, listen, I'm not going to be able to watch Netflix with you tonight, mum. I'm going to sit in my room. I feel really shit. And she's an empath too. So she was like, totally understand, like do what you got to do. And then I sat in my room, watched like just shit TV that I knew would make me feel good. And Mm. I meditated. I read like a book that was all about kind of healing and self-growth. And I just tried to pull myself out of it. And read a bit more like positivity to get into that positive state of mind. And then I went to sleep on my lavender scented pillow and I felt great. Like I, I genuinely felt amazing. And then I woke up and I was like, right, OK, well done. Like I pulled myself out of it. So <laughs> you can do it. You just have to know what your triggers are and then you know what has set you off and what will make you feel good and then just be really strict with yourself and put that in place because if I went and hung out with my mom I would have felt really really like I think it would have made it worse because I already hung out with somebody and then I was going to hang out with someone else who I love Mm -hmm. but it just I wouldn't have had the energy to do it so I needed to kind of recuperate and ground myself again um so definitely do that and then the other thing I would say is once you kind of know I guess what your triggers are and who is going to put you in a negative state or in a bad state or what situation is going to do it then limit how much time you spend with that person so I know that certain social gatherings of a certain number of people will get to me if I hang out in that gathering for too long unless I'm drunk 
because then <laughs> all your empath abilities and your highly sensitive abilities drown out. So I'm not condoning drinking <laughs> to get rid of your highly sensitive abilities, but I can do it in a social situation if I'm drunk. But if I'm sober and I'm hanging out with 50 people for like 10 hours, I will get drained and I will feel shit for sure. So I know that I need to limit how much time I spend in that social situation. Well, I mean, honestly, it's just like setting healthy boundaries, too. It's like, you know yourself better than anybody. And so like, once you start to feel like you're like, not in alignment, shit's getting out of hand, like I'm feeling out of whack, out of control, you just have to be like, all right, zero in on me. What do I need? What do I have to do? Do it. And like, sorry to everybody else if this is a huge inconvenience in the moment, but I got to focus on me now. (laughs) Yeah, because if you don't, you're just going to hang out with people and make them feel shit too. Like imagine if you hang out with another empath and you're feeling negatively and then you're just like in this vicious circle of making everyone feel negative. But also if you're feeling shit, you're not going to be able to be there for your loved ones and who you're hanging out with. You're not going to be able to be your best version or your best self and really help them out if they need to be helped out or just, you know, have a good time together. You're going to be in a shit state. So, and you're going to make them feel that way as well. So it's important for yourself, but also important for other people to just set those boundaries. So super curious, you mentioned that your mom's an empath too. Mm. Like when did she, did she have you and her, I'm assuming you've obviously had a conversation about being an empath and what that looks like did she happen to share with you like at what point in her life she realized she was one I don't you know so my mom is really really spiritually inclined as well and actually I get a lot of like me being into star signs for example and me being into like all the meditation and mindfulness stuff from her and I feel like we kind of just have been figuring it out together and but not really realizing we're figuring it out together and then telling each other and then we'll be like oh yeah I googled about being an empath actually and I realized I am one too and we mm-hmm. we just have been doing it simultaneously and then we'll have a conversation about it um but now that you've said it we've not actually like sat down and deeply spoken about the traits like I don't know if she's a highly sensitive person so I'm gonna go ask her if bad smells put her off <laughs> but Do she does guys... have a sensitive nose does she that is oh my god hilarious. yeah <laughs> she does so like when I was younger um when I was like drinking and I'd come home I'll be like oh my god I need to like pop a breath mint or like you know spray myself with perfume because she has a nose like a dog and she's going to be able to smell it on me so she's always had it but I don't know if it puts her in a bad mood so I'm going to find that out <laughs> that is hysterical so one point I was going to make though like just taking in everything that you've sort of mentioned on the empath convo like I sort of so I I think you've you've obviously known this because I've mentioned it before but I went to Bali and went on a yoga retreat and some wild motherfucking shit went down when I was out there. Um, but since then, I have this, like, newfound, like, belief that that spiritual meditative lifestyle, like, if you really, like, dedicate to that and focus on it and, like, like really take in, like, your self-care in this meditative state, like, you can really reach, like, other dimensions that the everyday person sitting on the couch watching TV could never even fathom. And 
You know, it's funny because I actually, my my mom and my sister do yoga. They've done it for years and I never could get on board with it. Like the, when they'd introduce me to it or take me to classes when I was younger, it just didn't connect with me like at all. Like I was so bored. I was like, oh my God, like I don't like this. This is just like not doing it for me because I'm used to being in much more like action packed type of physical activity. And for that, it was just like not enough. And it wasn't until like my life came down into a crashing, burning halt that I was like, I need to heal. And I took off to Bali and went to this yoga retreat. And I spent, you know, like four days doing all kinds of crazy yoga classes, many of which were meditation based. And these were things I'd never done before in my life. And like the combination of like one being in Bali two being in like these really like inspirational yoga classes the sensory around me it would be like raining there'd be frogs and monkeys like chirping and howling in the distance and like you'd hear roosters and like everybody like they'd have like all these uh, aromatherapies going on and like I was doing my I was doing things that I've never done before in my life and after one class I straight up was like on drugs. And like <laughs> nothing had happened, but I was high as a fucking kite. And the minute that like I came out of this like experience, I just started crying. <laughs> like I went up to the yoga instructor and was like, "I don't even know what to do." But like whatever is happening to me is the best thing I've ever experienced and like thank you so much like I don't know what to say other than like thank you and I was like literally on drugs like I was in a whole different world mentally emotionally spiritually and like my like euphoric state was like out of the effing roof and so I feel like people that like really like focus a lot on like meditation and like their spirituality and just like connecting with those elements that you know are either you're into it or you're not or you need it or you don't need it but like the people that do it I feel like they have a tendency to get to like areas of existence that most people don't and maybe like the ability to become an empath or like reopen the fact that you are one and you never knew like I feel like that could help kind of bring that to the surface and if you and your mom are both kind of like in that environment in that world it makes sense that this might be something that sort of come to light in your lives yeah oh my god totally like I completely, completely agree. I think it massively helped as well for you that you went to Bali and you like took yourself out of just day-to-day life and what's going on because then, I mean, meditation helps anyway, but when you get away from your crazy world and you just switch off and go focus on your healing and your self-care, then that's when it really hits you hard and it works. Like, it 100% works. And It really annoys me actually when people, because I feel like sometimes I get quite judged for being into meditation and, you know, people will be like, um, oh, you're like a bit of a hippie, right? Because you're into all the spiritual stuff and you're into astrology and whatever. Um, And it annoys me because it's like, why am I getting mocked for like healing my mind, which is something, essentially meditation is exercising your brain, right? Why am I getting mocked for exercising my brain which we use every single day to make decisions and to react to things and respond to things I I don't get it it's like mocking someone for going for a run to feel physically fitter like it just it 
it blows my mind and I think if anyone's meditating and I mean what you did was amazing I would love to go to a retreat and just go meditate like my mom wants to do it as well and we're like we would just love to escape somewhere switch off our phones meditate for ages and not speak to anyone and then of course coronavirus happened so we can't do it but Mm -hmm. it's just such an amazing thing to do as a human being because you're admitting that hey I need to heal and I'm going to prioritize myself and I'm going to focus on my healing and I'm going to focus on my mind and I'm going to grow as a freaking person and I'm Mm -hmm. going to become the best version of myself and that is literally what we all should be doing every single day you're trying to get to a different level of consciousness rather than being on autopilot every day that's freaking amazing and yeah we should be like screaming at the top of the hills congratulating people and appreciating people for doing that because what annoys me the most I think is you know people who complain 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 or just feel really really angry about stuff or you know are constantly in a negative state of mind and you know you say to them listen you can get out of it you can meditate or you can grow as a person you can do xyz but they don't do it and I it is so hard to get out of a negative state of mind but then if those people condemn people who are trying to grow as people that's what really gets to me because it's like you've got it in you you've got the ability to grow just just do it but you know the reason why they judge you or look down on you or make fun of you is because I think deep rooted they envy you. I think they're mm-hmm. like, "Damn, you know, I I'm somebody that could really use some healing, but I don't have the courage to do what I need to do to get there." And even in a lot of the times it's in un- unconventional ways. You know, people want quick fixes. People want to take a pill and be better. People want to you know, burn 500 calories a day and, like, solve their problems. And it's, like, it's not always this concrete, written-out technical path. Sometimes it's, like, sitting alone in your body, in your mind, in your spirit with a fucking crystal lamp next to you and some incense (laughs) burning, and that alone could skyrocket you into worlds you never thought you could even be in. And I think it's too out of the norm for a lot of people. I think, like you said, they'll call it hippy-dippy or whatever, but, you know, I know personally that it works and that it helps. You, obviously, and your mother can relate. And I think the people that aren't seeking healing and see people like you or I who have successfully sought healing through these avenues, I think they're not only envious about it, but also afraid to take that plunge because it's just, it's an unconventional way to seek healing. They're just like, what's the quick fix? I'm not going to sit or I'm not going to go to Bali and get like tripping balls high in a yin yoga class (laughs) with a guy from Ecuador, you know? Um, but it works. I, I highly suggest it to everybody. I oh never got yeah. better in my life. It literally works and it works instantly too. I will like say that as um, a HSP and an empath, when you need some grounding and you feel really crap and you need to get into a positive state of mind. And I mean, I suffer highly from anxiety as well because I think it's linked to me being an empath and it definitely definitely helps doing even a 10 minute meditation can lift you up to another level and make you feel better than anything could to be honest 100 percent. 
totally agree. Well, to teeter in towards the end of our episode, um, I want, before we get into the final question of the evening, I want our listeners to be able to, you know, connect with you after this episode. If anybody listening, if this has resonated, I want them to be able to reach out to you and kind of get to know you better and follow your journey and use you as a resource while they sort of work through their lives and get to a better place for themselves. So on that note, you know, where can our listeners find you? Where can they follow you? Just tell us all the good stuff. So you can find me on at Lesser for Her. So on Instagram at the moment, that's the only kind of social media platform I'm on. But all of my content is on there. And I try to post as much as I can in the week on beauty and empowering through lessons of advice so follow me on there and also on my stories I try to just share as much as I can in terms of resources and new things I've been reading and new kind of websites and links that you can go to on all the good stuff about empowerment and meditation mindfulness yoga just everything and any kind of new age thoughts as well so follow me on at letter for her Cool. And then it's the question of the evening. What does sisterhood mean to you? Oh, um, so I feel like it means so many things. So it's really hard to narrow it down, but I'm going to narrow it down to basically sisterhood to me means supporting each other and being there for each other, but really, really really supporting each other in a way where there's no judgment no kind of responding to each other with your ego no criticism I feel like there's this thing that's been created in society where women feel like there's only you know only one woman can be at the top and that's why we're always competing with each other and I feel like that's where a lot of the kind of criticism and judgment comes from but just knowing that that's not there and we can support each other and get to the top and we can actually win together. I mean, there's so many freaking men at the top. There can be freaking loads of women at the top as well. So sisterhood is supporting each other and winning together. I love it. Uh, That's a fantastic answer. So good. Thank you. (laughs) That one I could prepare for. (laughs) And you invited me into the sisters community. So you already made that step in my life, bringing me into a supportive, empowering world, introducing me to all these awesome women around the globe, many of which are in the lineup to be guests on this segment. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces in upcoming podcast episodes. Um, But I just want to thank you again for coming on the show, telling your story, being super, super vulnerable and honest. I really appreciate that. I think that's one of the most important things about being a woman in today's society with a platform is just showing that authentic, genuine side to what life is like as a woman because it isn't cookie cutter. It isn't perfect. It's not, you know, this fake thing that you see online where everything is just all fun and dandy all the time. You know, that's not real. And I think the more that we're honest about that, the more we can help other people get through life and 
I think that's the most important thing ever. So thank you so much for being on the show, being so honest and telling your story. And I'm super excited. I hope that people loved it and they resonated with it. And hopefully they'll check you out on Letter for Her because you have a fucking awesome platform. Um, (laughs) And I just love you and I love everything and I'm so happy. Oh my god, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here. I absolutely love this conversation. So, so good. And just thank you for doing what you're doing. I mean, your podcast is freaking amazing. I love all of your episodes. So interesting. But especially this segment of Everyday Women, I think it's just amazing what you're doing and just giving everyday women a voice and putting them on your platform and sharing their stories it's so inspirational and I love you thank you (laughs) you're like my my long distance bff I love it I'm so I know whenever coronavirus is over we have to meet up yeah we should definitely meet up in Bali at a yoga retreat (laughs) oh my god yes are we allowed to drink are we allowed to drink white claws (laughs) Um, I'm sure we could buy it at the, they actually don't think they'll have white claw there. Um, so we might have to get crafty in what we drink, but we can figure it out. Sneaking booze into a yogurt retreat. That sounds, that sounds like my kind of thing for sure. Yeah. I don't recall they had any alcohol in the retreat. Um, but they were pretty much getting everybody high on drugs through their mystical meditation. So what does it matter? You know, we'll, we'll be doped up somehow. That's all that matters. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. Okay, well, 2021 Bali Yoga Retreat, Sisters Community, it's on. Yes, it's on. It's on my vision board. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, that's it for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe because if you subscribe, you will get to receive every episode direct to your cell phone the minute that it posts. Tell all your friends about the show. Leave me a review. And uh, until next time, drink wine.